0: Hello. Hello. You're listening to Is It Worth It? The film review podcast where we go out of our way to try and see all the films in the cinema, even the bad ones, so you don't have to. He's Craig Fields. And he's David Long. And we're bringing you Week 15. And David, what films are we taking a look at this week?
1: So this week, Craig, we will be reviewing Skyscraper, The Secret of Marabone, Sicario 2, Swimming with Men, The First Purge, and Uncle Drew quite a lot of films this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of films uh, for us to review. And we're going to kick the show off with an email. Yes. And um, we have an email from Joe. And Joe says, hey guys, thought I'd drop you a line. Thanks very much, Joe. Love your show and the relentless banter, by the way. Last film we saw was The Darkest Hour. Kim loved it, me, not so much. She then goes on to say, so I'm not excited to see Mamma Mia. Abba crucified through bad singing, so can't go there. I am, however, excited to see The Incredibles as we, as we have waited so long for the sequel. She then lists a few of her favourite films, which include Titanic, Saving Private Ryan and Jaws. Three fantastic choices there, Joe. Mm-hmm. She then says, you guessing my age yet? We won't talk about that, Joe. Don't worry. Um, so back to The Incredibles. Me and my husband are desperate to see it. How about a couple of free tickets so that we can enjoy our 29th wedding anniversary? Now that's what I call worth it. Thanks in advance, Joe Hobbs. Aww. That's a nice email. A wonderful email. And if you don't ask, you don't get. Joe has asked. And Joe, we will. We will provide. We will provide you with two tickets so you and your incredible husband can see The Incredibles too. Uh, happy 29th wedding anniversary. Thanks for listening and enjoy The Incredibles. Me and Craig have seen it. We reviewed it a few weeks ago and it is absolutely fantastic. Incredible.
0: Yes. <laughs> actually, I, I went and saw it again last night, actually, with my dad. Oh, right. Yeah. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, he he thoroughly enjoyed it as well. He thought it was brilliant. Did he? Oh, we should have oh, got it on the show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. Definitely not. So what are we going to talk about? Well, the World Cup. Oh, we thought it was coming home. We did. Um, last week we were playing the theme. We were so pumped. And then the semi-final against Croatia. It was just not meant to be. Um I'm a huge football fan and I am so disappointed because I really think Croatia were there to be beaten we should have got got the job done in the first half and look France were a fantastic side but anything could have happened in
0: a final Yeah but... it uh, it was obviously upsetting but we did we did a good job um, we yeah, played so, clean. We, we, you know, it was it was, yeah, good. Look, it, it was good. It's a
1: young side. We, we look. We know Gareth Southgate's a big fan. So Gareth, um, <laughs> uh, congratulations on a fantastic uh, tournament and get the boys ready for 2020 because yeah. then it is coming home. Um, my leg still hasn't recovered. If anything, it's got worse. Yeah. So
0: that's that's what happened last week or the week before that. Sweden it, so. game.
1: Uh, in the local, spoons, absolute chaos, beer everywhere, bodies everywhere, um, ligaments. ligaments, tendons, <laughs> soft tissue, I'm um, hobbling Ruined. around. Um, but in other news, Craig, what else do we have to announce?
0: Some big news coming up. Uh, so we've got some posters that are currently in the printers being printed off, samples coming our way so that we can uh, put them up in our local Cineworld of Hemel Hempstead. So keep an eye out for those. There'll be lovely QR codes on those posters for you to scan. So if you're not a listener, which obviously I'm communicating with you before you've even <laughs> subscribed, don't know how that works, but scan scan the QR code. If You you obviously are a listener if you're listening. Scan the QR code anyway, just to make sure it's working for me and just let me know that's working. That'd be great. <laughs> just,
1: just, just, Yeah, keep digging, Craig. I love that. If you're not a listener, hang on. No, that doesn't second. work. Um, yeah, so also, uh, I was speaking to our friends up at World, Hemel Hempstead today. Don't forget to use the... Code is it worth it to get ten percent off of your first month?
0: Yeah, it's the first month, ten pounds off, which makes it ten pounds off. Sorry, yeah, yeah, which gives you uh, makes it seven pound ninety for the first month, which is an absolute still really. Yeah, so so many se- good films coming out that you can go and see um in that month. Uh, so yeah, do it. Unlimited films, ten percent off food and drink,
1: all for seven pound no, ninety. Just use the code. Is it worth it? And one of the films you could see is. Joe hinted at it in her email, Mamma Mia 2. It is out tomorrow, which is Friday the 20th of July.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And and you know what we're going to do? We're going to be coming down to a viewing that starts at around about 7.30. We're not going to see the film, but we're going to be waiting for you Mm. as you come out. And we're going to get your reaction of the film because we think this is going to be a highly anticipated film. A lot of people are going to hate it. A lot of people are going to love it. It's um, Piers Brosnan again, killing Abba songs.
1: I don't know if he sings in this one. Oh. I really hope he does, I because hope he, it was I hope so bad. It was so bad. It's become a piece of theatre, cinematic. He was what made the last genius. film great. Yeah, I mean, he's he's so bad. It's almost entertaining. But no, Craig's right. We're not going to see it because we want to. We want to engage the initial response. So we'll be doing that tomorrow, and then obviously we'll be bringing you clips of that on
0: next week's show. So tune in next week. Indeed. Uh, so we're going to head on over now to our box office rundown. Stay tuned for a epic show. This is the box office rundown.
1: Brought to you by Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast.
0: That's right, we've got the box office rundown for the weekend of July the 13th to the 15th, 2018. David, would you like to kick us off at number 10? Yes, I will, but before I kick off, I will say the numbers this week are very low. They're dismal, aren't they, really? They
1: really are poor. Um, and I think that is because of this weather. I think, the, you know, we're having a summer like no other. The in ground the... is opening up beneath our <laughs> <city>. <laughs> It literally is. The ground has become so dry. It's like a scene out of 2012. It's literally just falling <laughs> in on itself. Um, no rain for six weeks. The, the, the Daily Express says the the weather next week is going to be like a furnace. Hose pipe bands up north. So if you want to cool yourself down. North, up north or northwest? I think somewhere ha- in that region just don't use your hosepipe <laughs> um, but yeah the numbers are are really disappointing mm. bar one film but we'll get on to that we'll start at the bottom number 10 adrift Uh me and Craig have both seen this we both really enjoyed it, it took 0.1 million pounds uh, this week which is really really poor um, and it's only grossed 1.3 which makes it a bit of a flop actually
0: yeah, it probably cost a lot more than that to make. Oh, oh um, absolutely. That's but that. This is said. That's the UK box office. So yeah. it's not worldwide. So it probably has grossed all its money back. But poor UK performance. Uh,
1: number nine, we have Hereditary, uh, a really disturbing film. Uh, again, it's only grossed
0: uh, 0.1. one. Um, this is that weekend or week. So weekends, yeah. It's only weekend. This is this is always the weekend box okay. office that we do. So. Yeah.
1: So only from the weekend. Above it, at number eight, Sanju again we haven't seen this not because we
0: don't want to we can't find anywhere that's showing it true number 7 uh we have sicario um sicario 2 uh that's taken 0.1 at the weekend it's grossed 1.8 million it's been in the box office for 3 weeks um and we're only bringing you the review this week don't know how that's happened do apologize <laughs> but um mm. again another film that's not not taken that much i mean it's done a slightly better than the drift um been in the in the box office for the same amount yep, of time yep. but
1: um again poor and number six we have the secret of marabone that's only grossed two hundred thousand at the weekend and we are reviewing that on today's show five oceans eight again only 500 grand four the first purge um which is actually done quite well this weekend of all the films, it's taken naught point eight million. So it's,
0: it's yeah, it's, it's been in, yeah, it's been in the box office for two weeks though, mm. and I think it's one of those films that people want to see because they've seen the other films, and the the first one was definitely very good, and the second one was all right as well. Third one maybe not so good, but th- this this is now the prequel, going back to the beginning, and and I think people will want want to go and see that, um, yep. if they're going to go and see anything.
1: And we are reviewing that on today's show. At three, we have Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Um, it's been in the box office for six weeks. It's grossed nearly 40 million and it took
0: 800,000 at the weekend. Not bad. Yep. Not bad. In at number two, we have Skyscraper. It's taken £1.8 million at the weekend. It's been in the box office for one week. Um, not bad performance, actually. Dwayne Johnson playing Dwayne Johnson, as he always does. He's the only person that can actually do that. <laughs> well, because he's Dwayne Johnson,
1: yeah. What's wrong with you today? So many obvious comments. Um, we're also reviewing that on uh, today's show. And finally, at the top of the pile, Incredibles 2. Look at
0: this. Look at this. It's been out one week. Smashed it. 9.5 million bound. That is the film everybody is going to see. That That's probably why everyone else is underperforming, plus the weather.
1: Yes, I think that's a great point. Incredibles 2 is the film that everyone wants to see. So if you are going to go to cinema, you're probably going to see that. Also the weather. But listening to today's show, we know Incredibles 2 is worth it. We told you that the other week. But there are some other films on here that we're reviewing today that may well be worth it. You'll have to... Stay tuned to find out.
0: So, would you like to do the uh, the the normal rundown from ten to one? Yes, I will. At number ten, we have
1: a drift. Number nine, Hereditary. Number eight, Sanju. Number seven, Sicario Two. Number six, The Secret of Marabone. At five, it's Ocean's Eight. At four, it's the first. Pur- <laughs> At four, it's the first Purge. Three, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. Two, Skyscraper. And at the top of the pile, where it belongs, Increíble,
0: Duh. <laughs> <laughs> That's Incredibles 2 for anyone else who didn't understand that. Incredibles 2. What a film. My name's Craig Fields, and I'm David Long, and we are both Cineworld Unlimited card holders. From just £17.90 a month, you
1: can see any film. Any time, as many times as you like. You can also get 10%
0: off snacks and drinks, exclusive preview screenings of upcoming releases, and unlimited customers can now enjoy 25% off food and drink at Café Rouge, Bella Italia, Las Iguanas, La Tasca, and Belgo. And if
1: you would like £10 off your first month's unlimited
0: membership, just use the code,
1: is it worth it?
0: So we're going to be looking at Skyscraper this week as our first film on the podcast. Uh this film stars Dwayne Johnson as Will Sawyer. We have Neve Campbell as Sarah Sawyer. Um and yeah, so Dwayne Johnson's a security expert brought in to sign off the world's tallest building, which also happens to be the world's most technologically advanced building. Um we see Dwayne at the beginning of the film where a situation goes down uh uh, so Dwayne leads a SWAT team into a house, and it ends rather badly for him. He ends up losing part of his leg, um, and then skipping forward a number of years, he's now married, he has kids, Um still, he's still hench, still absolutely hench as anything, <laughs> huge, um, but now has a, um, a a new leg, prosthetic leg, prosthetic leg. That's the word that I'm certainly looking for. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we know we know he's um, uh, we know he's a, a war vet. We know he's military trained, and we know he only has one leg. Um, <laughs> and he's now transitioned into this new speciality role where he's this security insurance validation person of some sort. Will and his family, uh, Will Sawyer and his family, ha- are the first people to be staying in the apartments in this incredible building. Mm. Um, and we know this is probably going to end badly maybe that they were staying in that apartment probably Mm. Um, from the trailers you would would think something bad with him jumping off of a
1: crane into a burning building (laughs) it's just possible something
0: (laughs) could go wrong Um, we've also got this incredible orb thing at the very yeah. top of the building, which is it's just absolutely awesome. You've got this 8, 8K cameras surrounding it. So when you stand inside it, uh, you know, it reflects the outside. On the inside, it seems like you're in heaven, is what mm. they say. Um, and I have to admit, that was pretty cool. I really did yeah. actually like that. I thought that was really, really cool. Um, but nothing's going to go wrong in here, either. Oh, no, no. It's it's
1: it's it's, it's a new
0: building. It's fireproof. It's bomb-proof. It's, it's everything-proof. It's, it's Dwayne Johnson-proof. And he, he signed it off, so yep. it's, it's all good. He said it was fine. But then... Oh, no. Some horrible European men with <laughs> horrible accents come in. They're obviously some bad guys. yeah. Uh, and they happen to start a fire on the floor where, of course, Dwayne's family are staying. And Dwayne, obviously... Are you telling them the whole film? Isn't or? in the building. <laughs> no, no, this is just the what's going to happen. And he now somehow needs to get inside that building. We've all seen the trailer. We all know that something happens. There's a yeah. fire. He has to get into the building. Um, he has to do some incredibly dangerous things to get into mm. this building. I mean, from, as you say, jumping... From a crane into a burning building, um, goes behind some strange helix spinning thing that generates electricity at the fast speeds. At also, um, whilst using duct tape as a a main item to stick himself to the side of a building, mm. this film is ludicrous. Yep, absolutely agree. Absolutely insane. But but but, let's listen to a clip. And then we'll we'll round this review up.
1: Get up. Hands up! Okay, don't shoot! Are up? Turn around.
0: So <laughs> incredible clip, incredible scenes. Oh, Craig! There's there's no dialogue in this film. There's not a lot of dialogue. And... Well, clip wise as well, I could not find a clip that had any nice dialogue.
1: But I think that's a great clip. There's just shouting,
0: there's helicopters, there's Dwayne Johnson moaning in pain. Obviously, you can't see what's going on there because it's, a, it's an audio clip. But, but let me just explain what goes on visually in that clip. Dwayne is up on a um, uh, a, a crane and he's now been followed up by um, some military men and he has to jump across mm. into the burning building. Helicopters are flying all over the place. and Oh, oh, oh it's incredible. Yeah, I remember when the the poster for this film came
1: out and it, it became an online meme because various intelligent mathematicians and scientists worked out that he would have to be running about 45 miles per hour to make the jump. There was loads of... People have probably seen it. There was loads of graphs and statistics and maths. Mm. But what do I think of this film? Let me tell you. There is absolutely no doubt that it is totally ridiculous and it's and it's ridiculous... From the poster. The poster is Dwayne Johnson jumping off of a crane into a burning building with one leg. <laughs> right. <laughs> so let's not forget he has one leg and he's jumping from a crane into a burning building. That tells you everything you need to know about this film. It is r- absolutely ridiculous. But I found this really, really entertaining. Um, And I'll tell you what. It doesn't take itself um, too seriously. Not at all. So immediately... The the style of the film and the over-the-top action and the ridiculous action, like you said, where he's climbing on the side of the building with duct tape, you forgive it because it's not supposed to be serious. Secondly, the skyscraper itself is a fantastic concept. It's a really, really interesting building. If this was just a tall tower the interest maybe wouldn't be there. But this building is incredible. It's got um, flats for people to live. It's got built-in gardens. It's got incredibly fast-moving lists. It's got this orb at the top. It's, you know, absolutely huge. It's so futuristic that actually, if you were to watch this film in 10 years' time, it would still be relevant. Mm -hmm. And the tower is really, really interesting. And I I just found that absorbing. And also, um, the fact that this isn't a film about hundreds or thousands of people being trapped. Because most people would think, oh, if you trap more people, that will make it more exciting for the audience. Well, actually, no, because it's Dwayne The Rock Johnson trying to save his family. We get a really good emotional uh, connection with him and his wife, him and his children. Um, And I think that works really well. You do get quite attached to them and you are willing them on. And the whole time it's ridiculous, but it's entertainingly ridiculous. The plot is fairly ropey. The whole thing's a little bit cliche. However, it's very, very watchable.
0: Yeah. So you can obviously see, so uh, Rawson Ferber, he's the director of the film. He's obviously had a lot of fun making this film. Everybody in the film's had a lot of fun making Mm. the film. As you said, the plot isn't fantastic, but it's fun. It had me on the edge of my seat. You know, you've got to see this film on the biggest screen possible for you to experience that fun. Because it is fun, dumb, fun. (laughs) Fun, dumb, fun.
1: Um, yeah, I've got that in my notes. Would recommend by Max, capital marks exclamation marks yeah.
0: and only only Dwayne is 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 he's the only person I can see fist pumping a griller, a very yep. large griller, and flying he's flying fox, flying foxes. But then also duct tape himself to the side <laughs> of a building.
1: Yeah, um, I mean I didn't know he had one leg, and I hope we haven't spoiled that for people. Although that is. Presented to you very early on in the film.
0: I think it's in the trailer as well.
1: It might be in the trailer, okay. but it makes it even more ridiculous and even more epic. Um, but no, overall, I think take it with a pinch of salt, um, but well worth it. So, Craig, I, I, shall I ask you the question?
0: Should we ask the question at the same time?
1: Okay. Three,
0: two, one. Is it worth? Is it? Is it worth it? That didn't quite work. That wasn't very well synchronized. No, no. Yes. Is- Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's worth yes, it. Yes. Go and see it. It's great fun. It is good fun. It had me on the edge of my seat as I said and it is it's great fun. Yeah. IMAX. Super screen. Get down there. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. And that's our review of Skyscraper. We're going to move on now to The Secret of Marybone. Welcome back. We're now taking a look at the film, The Secret of Maribone. This is a 15 certificate. It's um, It's got a number of genres attached to it. It's drama, horror, thriller, um, and it's directed by Sergio Sanchez. Uh, and it stars George McKay, Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, Charlie Heaton, uh, Mia Goff, and Matthew Stagg. Uh, and Jack, who's played by George McKay uh, and his younger siblings, um, have moved with their mother from England to America to escape their past. Their new home, the Maribones, located in a very secluded place, um, and their closest neighbour is is uh, Ali, who lives on the farm, uh, not f- too far away, but still quite remote. Mm. Um, it starts off rather slow into this like rather nice sort of fairy tale sort of genre sort of feel about the film, um, and they sort of. Go and escape and, and and explore the Maribone grounds and they come across this nice, rather odd skull-looking boulder thing, which is where they meet Ali, um, who's who's a very bright young woman um and falls in love with, with Jack. Um and throughout the film, we're sort of wondering um what kind of genre is this film? Mm. It's very confused, isn't it? Yeah. Um and it's, it's very tricky to understand exactly where the director's taking us with this film. Um, during the course of the film, the, their mother the, of, the, of the four siblings dies, um, and she she asks Jack, the oldest sibling, to to make sure that they remain hidden within the Maribone until he turns twenty one, so that they can stay together. Hmm. And that's the promise that Jack makes with his siblings. Um, so yeah, so that's that's the sort of bare bones of this film that's that's the plot of the film essentially but it just oh it's so confusing isn't yeah. it it's so well it's <clears throat> not so confusing it's just very confused as to what direction it wants to go in mm. um, there's so many twists and turns some are good some are not so good and it, and it try it tries to be a horror the horror aspect of the film just doesn't work for me the thriller aspect which is just sort of thrown in there um, rather dismally, I'd say. Mm. Um, doesn't really work either. Um, so what does work in this film? Um, well, the acting yep. is is superb. You cannot fault any of the cast. Really, they are they are very 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 good. Um, and. Uh, I I don't know. I'm really, really struggling with this film because I I came out initially thinking that wasn't too bad. Mm. But on reflection, I'm really taking this downward turn against the film almost. And I know you didn't enjoy it at all. Yeah,
1: so I I think this is a difficult film to review because it is so confused. And because it is so confused, it is difficult to (laughs) assess it because Mm. it's just so... Higgledy piggledy. You know, the the main notes I've made is that the setting is strong. Some of the imagery and cam- camera work is very visually impressive,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and d- drama esque. You know, panoramic shots, um, some really beautiful shots of the countryside and their remote surroundings, which which work but don't really
0: work in a in a horror um, setting. They give us. The, the cinematography and 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 the way it's presented to us gives us a real sense of what era it's set in. It's yep. set in the nineteen sixties. We get that straight away, pretty much. Um, and also the the, the, the not so subtle hints of like the moonwalkings. We get that on the TV screen at some yeah, point yeah, in the film, so and that get, really solidifies yeah. when we are in the film as well. Uh,
1: um, I really agree with you. I think the cast is solid. Um, Maria Goth. Uh, I think she was the standout uh, performer in this film. Really, really impressive. But I put most, mostly. I just think this is a dreadfully confused film. You look at the poster for this film, and it's quite a chilling poster. I think it's a very good poster, and it looks like a horror film. But as a horror film, it's very cliche, very jumpy, um, almost a bit like Winchester. Boo! Ah, bang! You know, it, it, it's 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 a strange blend mm. of horror. Drama, supernatural chiller, psychological mystery. Um, and I don't like to plagiarise, but I'm just going to read a little snippet from a review in The Guardian that I just think, one, is very funny, and two, really hits the nail on the head that mm-hmm. a, on a film that is very, very difficult to review. And um, The Guardian uh, says this, It's rare to get such a strong taste of turkey with Christmas so far off. Unusual to get that piercing tang of cranberry sauce Without a double issue of the Radio Times to hand, this distinctively terrible film is a hideous hodgepodge of shouty overacting and muddled storytelling, unable to make its mind up if it's a family drama, a supernatural chiller, or a psychological mystery. It's got plot holes the diameter of the planet Jupiter and is abjectly reliant on narrative elements uh, which have to be initially withheld under the cover of a clunking six-month-later translation and then disclosed in... Laborious flashbacks, assisted by the discovery of a deeply ridiculous diary accessorised
0: with sensitive line drawings, and I just think that hits the nail on the head. It does. The only bit I don't agree with is the acting. Like, the acting was for me the standout part of the film. It carried that; they carried the film. The the plot, yeah, terrible. The script isn't great either, is it?
1: No, but I I get what he means about that overacting. It, It is very. I, I still believe the acting is good. He describes it as shouty overacting. No, I
0: don't think it is.
1: But it, I think it, it, it it's just a very confused film. Mm. Um, I think the direction is uneven. Uh, the narrative is illogical. Um, and it has been roasted in The Times, The Telegraph and The Guardian. Um, there was a, a couple of elements of the film that I really, really disliked. Um, I won't go into that. Because it sort of gives a little bit away about where the film ultimately ends. But to me, it seems like what the director's done here is he's 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 taken a number of different ideas for a number of different films and thrown them all together. Mm. And there's no doubt some of the horror elements are effective. Some of the drama is effective, some of the thriller and the psychological stuff is effective, some of it. Yeah. But not all of it, and when you mix it all together, it's just a mess.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And 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 there's some some of the the, the actors are very un, underutilized. Um, Anya Taylor Joy's character, Ali, she's so underutilized, and I think she was a wonderful actress in this mm. film. She um, and and just really underused. Um, and I think to sum it up, really, um, overall, I liked it. Um, but we've seen a lot of these genres before little bits from these it's stolen from other films little lots of little bits and they were done well in their fixed genre on those other films mm. thrown together no just yeah. just doesn't work um, you know it kept me intrigued uh, throughout the film a, a talented cast visually appealing um, but just a very predictable plot that just, just didn't work mm. so David um, I'm going to ask you the question secret of Marabone? Is it worth it?
1: No, um, I, I I really don't think this is worth seeing in the cinema because I just think you'll come out confused, um, and it and it's just not worth the hassle. Um, if you want to go to the cinema and see something that's strange, almost slightly art housey, a little bit odd, then maybe it's worth it. But it's yeah. it's it. If you want to go
0: to the uh, cinema and see a horror, go and see Hereditary. Yeah. Don't see this. Completely agree with you on that. Um, for me, it's worth going to see in the cinema because of how visually stunning it is, and mm. and and the real it's a real cinematic film. Yeah. But other than that, it's not worth going to see. You could watch this at home without a doubt, and I don't know if you would bother watching it at home. To be honest, you'll be going in thinking it's a horror, coming out thinking, "What the hell did I just see?"
1: I also think we've made this point before if you were to watch this film at home and pause it i think you could get lost because you come back and you think am i watching the same film
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i agree so i think we'll say not worth it not worth it welcome back we're now taking a look at our third film On this week's podcast. And we'll be taking a look at Sicario 2. Uh, In England it's called Sicario Soldado. In America it's called Day of Soldado. Doesn't really matter. Um, They both mean exactly the same thing. Soldado meaning soldier. Sicario, which I don't know if you knew this, means hitman. Did you know that? I do now. You do now. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen the first one, David?
1: I have not seen the first one. Um, I did look it up on Rotten Tomatoes and it got fantastic reviews. I mean really brilliant widespread reviews. Um, I know you saw the first one after seeing this one, but having seen this one, I will be watching the first one.
0: Yeah, so uh, there's no way of reviewing this film without looking at the first film in, in 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 essence. So I will give you a bit of a rundown about the first film. So Sicario was uh, came out in 2015, which starred um, M- Emily Blunt in the lead role, uh, and we had Josh Brolin and Del Toro in those supporting roles. Um, and in the first film, they they focused on Uh, the escalating war on drugs between the Mexico border and the US. Mm. And we see the film through Emily Blunt's eyes. Um, She is like an FBI agent and she gets caught up in this joint CIA operation where she basically has no idea what's going on with this operation. What they're doing is completely illegal and she is very conflicted as to what she's seeing of what's going on. And that's, that's what made that film very different because you're fed the same information as Emily Blunt's character gets. So skipping forward to 2018, Sicario two, um, and there's no Emily Blunt in this film. Um, you've got Del Toro back again. You've got Josh Brolin back again as well. And they are now the main leads in this film. Um, and, and it is supposed to be said to be a standalone film. Mm. Um, it's now transitioned now into being instead of the, the war on drugs, with the cartels it's now the war on the cartels moving people into the u.s mm. trafficking people because now that is a more expensive or a, a more a better way of generating more revenues, lucrative more lucrative uh, way of generating money um Ill- illegally essentially mm. um so uh josh brolin's character is brought in to stir the pot start a war between the cartels uh, and he hires uh, del toro's character to come back again into this one as a hired hitman essentially to start this war Um, let's go to a clip no rules this time turning you loose how loose carlos reyes how's that for loose It's your chance to get even for your family.
1: We're gonna help us
0: start a war. With who? Everyone.
1: Yeah. So I think that's uh, a fantastic uh, clip there that Craig's chosen because it's got. Uh, The fantastic um, dialogue between Del Toro and and Brolin, they're both superb in this film. They're they're brilliant actors in in, in everything they do, but I really like them in this film. We also have that chilling and very eerie soundtrack in the background, which is very effective throughout. And you touched upon the plot of the first film. Having not seen the first film, I can tell you, you can 100% go and see this because it does work as a standalone film. However, if you can see the first film first, I would recommend it. Yeah, same. Because there are l- quite a number of things that are hinted upon and touched upon in this film that obviously hark back to the first film. You're not spoon-fed them, but you're giving them in a way that even without seeing the first film, you can still understand this one. But I would recommend uh, seeing the first one first, if possible. Um, yeah, fantastic clip. And, you know, overall, I absolutely loved this film, Um, and I loved it from the very second it started. It had a really tense beginning, uh, and it had this fantastic soundtrack that you got a little clip of there, and also I thought it was so poignant for the times, Um, you know, with with Donald Trump as president of the US and his rhetoric, I'm going to build a wall, I'm going to build a huge wall, great wall, very well-made wall, you know, this film goes to the heart of the problem between the American border, sorry, the, the border between uh, America and Mexico. Yep. And not only the smuggling of drugs, but the trafficking of people. And to, to throw another um, cat amongst the pigeons, it's also about terrorism. So you've got drugs, you've got um, people smuggling, you've got terrorism. And it it's so poignant for what's happening in America at the moment. Um, it's really well paced. Uh, I think it's got a fantastic script. Um, there's a couple of scenes in it that I found really, really moving, and also it is very, very violent. But it's not violent in a way that is unnecessary. So there's not just unnecessary violence. Yeah. I think every time a gun is fired, it's fired because
0: it needs to purposefully. Be.
1: Yeah, so there isn't just yeah. scenes. A lot of films, you have scenes that are thrown in to get guns and chases that aren't actually needed. This, every time that someone is shot or blown up, it actually works within the plot, and it's very explicit um, and visually quite alarming. I was quite shocked by some of the scenes. Yeah, um, And overall, I just think it makes it very, very effective. I love the pace of the film. Um, I think the two lead performances are gripping, and actually, it goes in at number I'm not sure which number but it goes straight into my top 5 films.
0: Which is saying a lot to be honest. Mm. Because I have since to, doing I, the podcast that is. Yeah. I I have to disagree with you in some little elements there. In the in terms of pace. Mm. So near, I felt that near into the final act it did fall into this very melodramatic sort of uh, feeling where, because I've seen the first film, we missed the presence of Emily Blunt because we see things through her eyes and it doesn't spoon-feed us the entire story. With this film, it does spoon-feed us a lot more yeah. than the first one and I missed the element of, of seeing it through somebody else's eyes from the first film. So I think you need to go and see the first one and then reassess this a little bit. Yeah, that's interesting you say that because having not seen the first
1: one, I said even before you mentioned that that Mm -hmm. I did feel like that I was being slightly spoon fed some of the previous plot yeah um
0: well, but not even not even the, the some of the first plot. I mean, but also the current plot. As the well. current plot yeah. is it's given to you a little bit more on a plate. You get you build a way more of emotional connection with Josh Brolin's character mm. and Del Toro like a massive amount. Yeah. yeah. Um, you don't find out much about Del Toro's character until the very end of the, in the first film. Mm. Like you don't know what's happened to him. It's very very it's leaked to you in little bits yeah. through Emily Blunt's character, and that was a really great wa- great way of of filmmaking for that one, mm. and that's what made it really stand out um you do have some other standout performances as well um the character um isabella mona um who is the cartel's daughter i thought she was really really good and she's been in transformers the last the last mm. one that was done and i thought she was really really good uh, really notable performance from her brolin as well superb as well as you said del toro fantastic um yeah it's interesting yeah. you say
1: that the the young girl um sorry what was her name again uh, isabella isabella um is that the actress's name or the character's name
0: that is um that is the actress's name, yeah,
1: yeah, she was fantastic in this, um and for her to stand out alongside del Toro and Brolin really shows just how good her performance was at some points in this film, she looked genuinely horrified and truly in shock. Mm. her character goes on a on a i mean life altering journey in this film, and she portrays that really, really well, and overall. Um, I just thought it was great, you know, and for those of you who have listened every week, uh, my top five films since doing the podcast are Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, Journey's End, Love, Simon, and now this. Um, There's a variety of reasons why all those films are in there. But to me, this is in here because I tell you what I want to do tomorrow. I want to go and see this again. Actually, no, I don't. I want to see the first one and then I want to go and see this again because I really, really, really like this film. It had everything that I like. Good script, good acting, epic soundtrack. Oh, the soundtrack is superb. Yeah, and you just wanted to mention as well who did the soundtrack.
0: Um, Yes... So the soundtrack was done by Johan Johansson, um, who actually sadly passed away um, not too long. I think it was just after The Mercy came out. Mm. Um, and he did the soundtrack for the first film as well. Um, and just it's just an epic soundtrack. It's very, I don't know, it becomes it's very poignant and emotive. And, and, and emotive, yeah, as you say. It's really interesting
1: um, you told me who, who, who did the soundtrack. Because when I listened to it, it had a real Hans Zimmer feel. Um, for for those of you who know Hans Zimmer, you know, Dark Knight and Gladiator. It was a very emotive piece, um, and it worked so well with the film. It really did. So, David, Sicario 2, is it worth it? This is 100% worth it. Apart from The Incredibles 2, if there is one film for you to see in cinemas this week or next week... To escape the heat, it is Sicario 2. I think it's absolutely fantastic. And I think it's the middle piece of the puzzle. I really do believe there's another film here. And I hope there is because I thought this one was superb.
0: Yeah, Without a doubt, there will be another one. I really feel like it's going to be some kind of trilogy of Mm. of some film. Well, it will get rounded up in the last film. And Craig, worth it for you as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I did really enjoy the film. The set pieces were really great. Um and you do go on this real epic journey with the, with all of these characters. Yeah, so, definitely. So it. go and see it, and when you do see it, please do uh, tweet
1: us, Facebook us, email us, um, and like uh, Kim Ho- uh, Kim Hobbs, <laughs> that's the husband, like Joe Hobbs. You might win yourself some free cinema tickets. Get in touch.
0: Following a major refurbishment at Jarman Square, which now offers a large selection of quality restaurants and activities, Cineworld Hemel Hempstead invites you to enjoy and experience their new facilities. IMAX, 3D, Super Screen, and a conveniently placed
1: Starbucks. If you want to see any of the latest releases, including The Incredibles 2, Mission
0: Impossible Fallout, or Ant-Man and the Wasp, then head to Cineworld Hemel Hempstead in partnership with Is It Worth It?
1: The Film Review Podcast. Welcome back. We are now reviewing Swimming with Men. Uh, Rob Brydon takes the lead role in this film in a fairly well-packed British cast. Quite a few uh, recognisable faces in here. Um, And Rob Brydon plays an accountant that seems to be stuck in the monotony of life. The film starts with quite an effective scene, actually, very similar to um, The Commuter, uh, actually, of him going to work, saying good morning to the same people, you know, same different day basically and yep. quite really quite an effective start and you know we see him living the same things day in day out he's he is definitely fine you know in the midst of some sort of midlife crisis um and one of his forms of escape seems to be going to the gym for a good swim and we see him swimming up and down up and down again in quite a monotonous fashion until um, he comes across an all-male middle-aged synchronized swimming team. Um, that are in the pool next to him Um, and there's a lot going on in his life you know he thinks his wife's having an affair and he's an accountant and in a really quite comical way he points out to this synchronized swimming team that their um, performance their I don't know what to call it their Synchronised swimming. <laughs> <laughs> Synchronised swimming isn't wor- Isn't working because the numbers don't add up. He's, he's an accountant. And there's a really funny scene where Rob Brydon tells them that they need to have an even number of people. Um, the group is an odd number. So he's obviously implying one of you needs to go. Whereas they think, Rob, why don't you come and join us? Then we get a little bit more about why this team is actually formed. And this is a great clip of when the guys are all together um, practising one of their routines.
0: Diddy landed on my head. You're not
1: focusing. Distribution in the stack is wrong. For this to work, it has to be equal, which means we have to take height and weight into consideration. Meaning? Well, meaning you can't be next to your man because he needs to be next to somebody less. Fat. You calling me fat? Archie, you calling me fat? Well, you could do with losing a little bit of... Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you can take that back of yours oh. to the barbers, mate trying to wrestle with a yak. You're just jealous because you're wearing thin, fat boy slim. As his your banter. Mate, Oh uh, yeah, Burden and lustrous, mate. Oh. Guys, guys, let's do it again. You do it. Oh. Yeah, come on, we've got to practise the throw.
0: Can't do the throw without a flyer, and we haven't got a flyer because we haven't got Tom. He's a bloody liability. Right,
1: that's me. Oh, oh, oh. 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 Brilliant. Life's ticking away and the clock's getting louder. Come on,
0: Collie. Oh, just having fun. Tick-tock. So yeah, that, that clip does really show the banter of the lads when they're in the swimming pool. And and that, that is when this film is at its best. Um, it has an element of the film where it goes like down the same road as Finding Your Feet. Because it's a, a film that's in the cinema, they have to take it that one, one step further mm-hmm. and they have to go to another country or go to another place yeah. and enter some kind of competition, which is where the film for me just sort of took that that road where it didn't really need to go down.
1: Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. A little bit stereotypical.
0: Yeah, That definitely. thing we were
1: talking about, um, a bit like the film Edie. These people are
0: old. Look at them doing great things for each other. I know exactly what you mean. Um, But the cast that we've got in here, you've got Rupert Graves, Jim Carter, Thomas Turgus, um, and they're all part of that that synchronised swimming group. And, and they are such a fantastic, mm. brilliant British cast. Um, and they really do carry the film very, very well. Rob Bryden as well, especially in the lead role. He does a fantastic job as well. Um, and they all do a really good job doing the synchronised swimming as well. Yeah, yeah, They are all doing it. There's nothing CGI'd about it. There, there's nothing fake about it. There's no stunt doubles. It's them. And you know I, it's them. Yeah, and
1: I think that's what m- makes that element of the film really effective is the fact that they haven't filmed it and then got real synchronised swimmers to do it. They've actually got these guys to train to do it together and filmed them doing it. And I don't know how much of of the film was natural or off the cuff, but there are certain bits, particularly when they use a handheld camera, a GoPro, that feel really natural and spontaneous. Jim Carter, who you will recognise from Downton Abbey as well as many other things, is great in this Really, really good. As you said, Rob Brydon's great. Adil Akhtar, who's um in Four Lions, the gentleman who buys all those bottles of bleach. Um, fantastic British actor. He's he's also good at D- Daniel Mays as well. Um, he's been in loads of films. Like you said, it's oh, yeah, a real tons. good collection of people.
0: And like you said, it works when they're in the pool. Yeah, it's the, bu- if- the bumbling around in the pool mm. and the banter that they have in the yeah. pool is where the film is at its strongest, without a doubt.
1: Like you say, and if they'd have stuck to that and and, and almost said, do you know what Hollywood or do you know what um, uh, the powers that be? We're not going to go down this stereotypical journey. We're just going to make a film about men who 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 are in a synchronised swimming group for very, very interesting reasons that I won't reveal but instead they have to go down the they're entering a competition and there's
0: at least one love story in there so it does become a little bit generic the, the, the reason that they're going down that road though is because it is based on the true story so so yes. the, the people that are playing the the Swedish competing team mm. are actually the chari- are, are actually who the film is based on so mm. the true story of the synchronized swimming team is based on this Swedish team so they are playing themselves yeah. in the film um and it is obviously instantly. That's the part of the film that I least liked, but is the most true. Yeah. Um. And it's a shame that that part didn't really work or didn't really translate to the film. Um. But it's just the way it goes sometimes with yeah. cinema. Sometimes you have to bend the truth a little bit, and I don't think they did. They they stuck to it. Mm. Um. And not in its favour.
1: Yeah. And I mean, some of the scenes were a little bit over the top. Um very good cast sometimes a little bit awkward but I think that was more to do with the script uh, I feel the script was a little bit washy not, mm. not full of substance but then again it is hard to, to, to write a good script with a, with a fairly thin plot really that's why the visual element is so effective because we are just seeing a group of middle aged men attempting to be synchronised swimmers and there's some laughs in here um, and yeah I, I'm going to ask Craig the question because I actually don't know the answer, Craig. Swimming with men. I mean, I mean, is it worth it? No.
0: Oh, no. It's it's not worth going to see in the cinema. There's no nothing visually impactful that will say to me, go and see this in the cinema because you need to see this on the big screen. Hmm. You need to hear the sounds of, or, you know, in surround sound. You don't need to. Like you can wa- you can watch this at home with a cup of tea and a rich tea biscuit and dipping it in <laughs> in, in, your, in your cup of tea. You don't you don't need to see this in the cinema.
1: I agree with Craig. Um, this isn't a film that has to be seen on the big screen and possibly it's a film that doesn't have to be seen at all. Um, you know, there, there, is, there is a few laughs in there and Rob Brydon is brilliant and a lot of the other actors are great as well. But it's a bit of a nothing film, unfortunately, um, which is a shame.
0: That, that might be going a little bit too critical on it, but it, it, it is enjoyable. Yeah. But it's not, it's not cinematic. No, it's not. No. It's not a film that I'd say. Um, oh, you know, Mum, do you want to catch this film yeah. this week, or or a mate, do you want to go and catch this film? Yeah. But, sorry, when I say it's a nothing
1: film, I don't mean it's a nothing film because there's a story to be told. You you just come out feeling,
0: I don't know. You sort of, it just doesn't quite now Do it for. It's me. It's a TV movie. Yeah. Essentially, that's yeah. What, that's where I where I that's why it's not worth going and in the cinema because it's something yeah. you can watch on your own television screen. But this is, I mean this is the sort of thing that will be on
1: film for. So when it is out, I mean, it's, it's, it's possibly worth a watch, but I w I wouldn't go and see it in the cinema. Mm. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time to review our penultimate film of the podcast, which is the first purge. So there have been three films already And this is a prequel, uh, a prequel in which the newfound fathers of America are the newly elected party into the White House. They're obviously backed by the National Rifle Association. And they've come up with this experiment where for 12 hours, all crime will be legalized on Staten Island. They believe that crime throughout the year will be greatly reduced if they do this. However, what becomes apparent for those of you who've seen the other films that this isn't their true intention this is a purge or an ethnic cleansing um the experiment is set up people are given the option stay on staten island and be involved in the 12-hour purge or leave you're probably thinking well most people would leave well not if you offer them five thousand pounds a very poor community five thousand (laughs) pounds five thousand dollars (laughs) um They're most likely to stay five, five grand to stay on the island for 12 hours. I'll keep myself safe. And what we see actually is that that is what people do. They take the five thousand dollars and they're not actually interested in in killing each other. We see purge parties and there is some mindless violence from one individual, actually. Um, But the government's plan doesn't work. Therefore, they send their boys in and it all starts to kick off and the people of Staten Island soon realise that actually they're not fighting amongst themselves they're fighting against the government Um, and they start to form a resistance Uh, and we've got a clip here do excuse the multiple beeping because there is a lot of bad language in this film which I will touch upon when we review it but listen to this clip NFFA been putting all this shit in the streets y'all hoping that we'd off each other we didn't and now they stoking the fire in another way. Our neighborhood is under siege, gentlemen, from a government who doesn't give a shit about any of us. Now there's a lot of good people out there who we are gonna have to protect now. See, the NFFA forgot about one thing. They forgot about us. This is our home. So let's show these never to the with our island again. let
0: go. go. So, as you heard there, Dimitri, who is our lead character in within this film, he is uh, the leader of a gang, um, and he finally gets off his bum to to get involved in this um, almost like a revolution. This purge that's going on here to to stop it. He knows he knows that the government are behind this, and he knows that the government are trying to get everyone else to see that. They are killing each other. Mm. So he is fighting back. He has formed this resistance uh with the community to, to fight back. Um what did you think of this film, David, in in, in uh, overall, first of all? So, firstly, there is no doubt that this is a
1: commentary on modern America. Um, we spoke about it a little bit with the second Sicario, obviously President Trump. Very, very controversial. Love or hate, he's a bit of a marmite president. And there's a definite anti-Trump theme, uh, an anti-government theme. It really focuses on the oppressed classes, um, the power of government, the power of manipulation. Um, obviously, race is a is a, is a, is a massive theme. So all of those things are in there, and you and they are given to the audience, and you can interpret them how you like but they're given in a in a really bad way and I'll tell you why the the two main things firstly mindless violence in this film so I spoke about Sicario 2 and how every bit of violence was was necessary it enhanced the plot it enhanced the 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 the, the feeling that you you got in 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 that film in this film there were just like ridiculous acts of completely mindless violence. You know, the one that springs to mind most is quite a funny scene where someone's trying to um, get cash out of a cash machine, those wretched cash machines that charge you for a withdrawal. I don't know about you at home folks, but I hate those things paying to get your own money out. Um, So I sympathize. (laughs) It's ridiculous. I have to pay to get my own money. I mean, complete madness and they, and they and they put them in places where there's you know no free cash machines for about 2 miles but anyway rant over so this bloke <laughs> rightly so it's probably what I would do if there was a purge he's crowbaring this machine he's going to get it and then pff, stabbed right through the heart you know organs big knife or piece of metal you know just like okay so that's just a murder was that needed and there's other bits where people are just murdered we see the 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 you know various gangs start to shoot each other um so i just think the violence is a little bit mindless um a little bit insensitive and also one of my main problems with this film is actually the use of the n-word um obviously i can't say it uh because we're on a podcast but um Race is a theme. It's a it's a mostly all black cast, so people will know what word I'm referring to. It is used so so much, and I and I really don't think it needs to be. No, very um, a
0: very unnecessary language. Yeah, j-
1: just just unnecessary. Um, and I think as well the the this is quite stereotypical. So we see a very stereotypical portrayal of what black people on Staten Island live like. Um, and also very over the top. So when they when they form this resistance, they are packing some serious weaponry. It's not like they're you know forming the resistance with a handgun and a, and, a, and a catapult. They've got machine guns. They've got rocket launchers. They've got grenades. It's like okay, this is all a little bit ridiculous.
0: But the 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 clip clearly kind of highlighted the why and how they've got those guns. So those those guns were actually. Smuggled into Staten Island by the government because mm. they wanted them to fight each other. It was a way of stoking the fire um and that that was said in the film as well and it and it was very briefly touched upon in that clip as well oh, okay um but as you say it is it is a running commentary on 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 trump's uh America at the moment um and and it is very stereotypical um sort of race sort of sort of film really and racial stereotypes yeah yeah. i mean but it doesn't work very well at all in Mm. this film it works so much better in films like get out um i don't know if you've seen that or not but that was the um uh, film that was up for the oscar Um, Yes, yes and that that film had the same commentary Mm. but worked so much better this film was mindless um killings minus language throughout the whole film um yes it touches upon these issues but does it so it does it in in a very bad way really Mm. doesn't really highlight the things that you want it to highlight very well and that's that's all i can really say on it because Mm. uh, enjoyable not really actually
1: yeah i mean the concept is very very interesting Yes. You know, uh, we, we just had we just paused for a little break in the middle of this recording. And, and I was just thinking, you know, imagine if all crime was legal for 12 hours, you know, and it, it makes you think about crime and morality, because, for example, murder, most people would say murder is wrong. For example, it's one of the 12 commandments, you know, and almost a centerpiece of all societies around the world. M- you know, murder is bad. If murder was legal, would people do it?
0: this is the thing I do you know don't, what I mean and I, I think, don't know. get I don't get it I, I don't get the film at, at the end of the day because I don't understand why any country would be allowed to do this Surely said, there's said, human that, right laws that would prevent it from even well, ever happening Yeah, but in I the think that's place. the point,
1: though, isn't it? Some Somebody, uh, a review I read, the critic said the scary thing about this wasn't watching it, but was watching it thinking, actually, this could happen. This is the sort of thing that could happen in modern America. Because I think the general idea is if for one day a year crime was legal, for the rest of the year crime would be greatly reduced. It just would. Because people would... Focus all their anger and all their energy. Have a have a massive twenty four hour blowout. Clear up the mess, and for the rest of the year, it would be a fairly safe place to live. So it's it's all a little bit, but I I
0: don't think that's true. Yeah, but that's the whole point of the film. I, I, I suppose it's got us raising those questions, mm. hasn't it? But but I I I just I just can't see it ever happening ever. Yes, maybe in Trump's era something. Similar could happen in 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 a roundabout way, but i just i just couldn't i just didn't it didn't suspend my belief mm. and when a film doesn't suspend my belief, I don't like it i just yeah. I just don't like it and and it was just so mind-numbingly boring for me
1: yeah the the pace of this film is is a problem and and really, the fundamental problem with it is that ultimately um a murderous drug dealer is the good guy. You know that that is the the problem with the film because it's he's not a very likable character, but then he becomes the hero, and you're thinking, "Well, who who is the hero here?" So is he the hero? Is no, he actually? He's not, though, is he? Really? Well, technically, he is. I mean, you know, he is the hero. He is the hero of the film.
0: I just didn't like
1: it. I just yeah. did
0: not like that at all.
1: Yeah. So, like I said, the language in it is appalling and un- unnecessary um the violence again is very graphic and unnecessary and
0: really the film is unnecessary craig the first purge is it worth it no i i didn't like it at all no not worth it for me
1: um i'm in agreement with craig i think if you've if look if you've seen the first three films i think you're going to you're going to go and see this i don't think it's worth seeing in the cinema i don't think it needs to be seen on the big screen um i imagine it's the sort of film that will go quite quickly onto netflix um, look, I don't think this is worth seeing in the cinema. Um,
0: if you've seen the other films, then you're probably going to want to go and see it, yeah. and I think that does um, show with the box office results this week already. Yeah, yeah. It, um, it's
1: proving it's proving it's proving quite quite popular. But um, for me personally, um, I, I never like violence for the sake of violence. So for me, it's not worth it. <laughs>
0: So we are now on to the final film of this week's podcast. What are we reviewing? (laughs) Well, it's uh, it's Uncle Drew, Certificated 12A, and it's a comedy slash sports film. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we went into this film thinking, what are we going to go and watch? Um, Mm -hmm. A brief summary of the film um, for me is that this is an underdog sport film with supposed to be a comedy, but with very little humour in it. For Spot me, on. um, so, um, Dax he's uh sucked his life drainings, um, by life drainings, <laughs> life draining, dra- dra- drax has spent his life savings <laughs> by entering a team, uh, into a classic street ball tournament in Harlem, um, and it's dealt with a series of unfortunate setbacks. Um, including losing his team <laughs> yeah that um, is to a quite his, major to setback. his uh long-time rival uh, and being kicked out of his own home by his girlfriend and losing his girlfriend as well um so desperate times calls for desperate measures and uh you know Dax wants to win the tournament and and win the cash prize as well and he stumbles upon the man the myth the legend, the legend uncle drew who is uh, an nba um all-star um basketball player um, and he convinces him to return to the court one more time essentially um, Uncle Drew is a very aged character um, and uh, I think we should go and have a little listen to, to this clip of Uncle Drew kicking ass oh yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah sir. see that right there that's the problem with your generation a million dollar move and a five cent
1: finish you talk a lot of smack for geriatrics it's a shame you can't back any of it up oh Yo, bro,
0: Hold <laughs> huh? oh, my nuts. Oh, Joe, nuts! All you wannabes out here want to play like Jordan? So we're trying to get Morgan Freeman. Come on back! Oh! Don't do it like that, Drew. <laughs> so I, I found myself while sitting in the cinema wondering, how the hell did this film make it to the big screen? <laughs> um So. After a little bit of investigation I found out that um this film was uh was 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 a successful 5 year run on TV a, a fan favorite digital episodic series essentially um which was originally conceived by none other than Pepsi. Mm. Uh so Pepsi are are the uh, the people who have made this film they have put the money up it's a Pepsi production um and and obviously was very popular in, in the United States, um, and that is how it found its way to to to, to the big screen. And uh, this is not this is not a film for the UK market whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Why some of these cinemas, what well, a lot of the cinemas in the UK have picked it up, is beyond me, because there are so many other good films that haven't actually been picked up in uh, sort of nationwide. Really, I mean, for example, Swimming with Men. We saw that,
1: but I think that's out of cinemas now.
0: Uh, yeah, it's pretty much gone out of cinemas mm-hmm. now. Which is a real shame. Um, there, there's just so many other films that could be in its place. But um, yeah, it's, I think it's doing very well in the US. Um, but but Uncle Drew, I, I really didn't like this film. Really didn't enjoy it. Didn't find it funny whatsoever. Didn't relate at all, obviously, because this is an American film with a, a sport that I've never really had any interest in, you know, basketball for me is not, not a sport that I would watch on Mm. TV ever. Um, So yeah, no, for me, not for me at all. What about you for you? I think you've hit the nail on the head. For the
1: American market, this is going to be quite popular, but here in Britain, you know, two, well, three of America's major sports, basketball, baseball, and um, football, um, their version of football, not our version, of soccer. There isn't a huge interest, and 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 in the in the in the general public. I mean, there are, there is an interest in these sports, and these sports do continue to grow. But it's it's not a film that people are going to jump and want to go and see. Um, and I was really disappointed with this because, firstly, it wasn't very funny at all. At all. So I think the director or, or, or whoever realised that the comedy wasn't really working. So they tried to make this a more, you know, zero to hero, successful sports drama. The underdog yeah. sports story. Yeah, and again, that doesn't work. If, if you want to see a great basketball film, watch Coach Carter. Or Space Jam. Yeah, exactly. Space Jam with Michael Jordan and, and the Looney Tunes. <laughs> or, like I said, Coach Carter, Samuel L. Jackson.
0: Or, I... or Dodgeball.
1: It's not basketball, is it? No, no, okay. It's not basketball, (laughs) but it's an underdog sport film. Yeah, yeah. So there are others out there. So the comedy doesn't really work. The drama doesn't really work. And I'll tell you why the drama doesn't work. Um, We've got an array of people who look utterly ridiculous. So Uncle Drew is quite clearly um, a man in his 20s, 30s wearing a lot of prosthetic makeup, a ridiculous white wig and a ridiculous white beard.
0: Over the top acting. And the thing is, he isn't actually an actor. He's actually a professional NBA basketball player yeah, as well. Yeah,
1: exactly. So that that's why there will be interest in the states. But but I just don't think it works. I'm not quite sure what they're trying to do with this. It
0: it you know, uh, if you
1: if uh, Shaq O'Neal's in it as well. Um so if you are a basketball fan then it's worth seeing. But for someone who's not a big fan of the sport and didn't know the characters in it, I didn't find it that enjoyable. That said, there was a church scene. Um I don't know if that made you laugh. But I absolutely love this one particular scene. Um, obviously, it's a black church. And I mean, it's a really black church. It's, you know, proper hands up for Jesus stuff. And I'm a churchgoer and I just found it really funny. And I could really relate to some of that OTT
0: Christianity. It did. It did start off funny for me. Mm. But it just went on yeah. and on and on to the point where I didn't find it funny anymore. Mm. And actually, in my notes, what I've said is, the start was really good. They really built the interest with flashbacks
1: of former basketball players and the myth of of Uncle Drew. And they built all this up. And then as soon as it got into the main film, it was just not very good. Um, and the script actually wasn't that bad. But because they're not proper actors, the deliverance wasn't great and you got a, quite a wooden feel. Um,
0: it was hard work yeah. watching this. Overall, for me, it feels like Pepsi are trying to commercialise on their brilliant tv series of course because that was obviously very popular Mm. so they're trying to make some some money back on that maybe but but not for the uk audience at all
1: yeah um so craig i will ask you the question and i think i know the answer for our wonderful listeners uncle drew is it i mean is it worth it
0: no don't do not bother parting with your cash (laughs) If you're a CineWorld Unlimited card holder, then even don't even bother going to see it with that. Mm, no, it's 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 heavy stuff. It and it's just not very funny. Um,
1: <laughs> it's, Is it worth it for you? N- no, um, it really, really isn't. Well, thank you very much. Oh, well, thank you, Greg. Well, folks, that's it. Thank you for listening to week (laughs) 15 of Is It Worth It? The film review podcast. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the show. I hope we've given you uh, an incentive to see uh, some films this week, particularly Sicario 2. Really, really enjoyed that. Straight into my top five. And as always, we will be bringing you an action-packed show next week. (laughs) Week? Week. Next week. Craig, tell our lovely listeners what we have coming up.
0: Uh, so we've only planned to see a couple of films for next week. Uh, I'm not, I haven't planned too far ahead, but we've got Hotel Artemis, we've got Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, uh, and we'll be interviewing people coming out of the cinema for Mamma Mia. So if you have been interviewed, this is obviously in the future, but if you've been interviewed you know, you're going to be on the show. So yeah. Yeah. Again, Craig,
1: I this has been a great show because you've been talking to people who don't listen, listen to, to the, the show, but are going <laughs> but to be maybe are.
0: I feel like I'm inception. You know, am i in a dream, some sort of time war. They're going to be listening to the show after it's gone out and yeah. after they've subscribed to it. And of course,
1: yeah. So, you know, so that is, that is the idea. Like we said, we've got posters coming up at Cineworld. You can get, um, 10 pounds off your first, a month of unlimited cinema so for you know seven quid you can have unlimited cinema and that's by using the code is it worth it if you're listening to the show tell your friends about it uh, like and share it etc cetera, etc cetera. but also please email us because uh, Joe Hobbs emailed us today um, happy 29th wedding anniversary it was 29 wasn't it
0: yeah I think so I'm gonna go with 29
1: yeah I'm gonna go with 29 happy China. wedding anniversary to Joe Hobbs
0: she emailed and asked for tickets and she has got them She has. Um, So to get in touch with us, you can do so via email. Our email address is mymailisworthit at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. They are all available on on the interwebs. Uh, You can use any device to hit us up on that because obviously (laughs) you're all down with that. Um, David is still swiping right. Um, So if you come across him on Tinder, Bumble, uh, Plenty of Fish or whatever social... Badoo is another one, I think. Badu, <laughs> That's a strange one, isn't it? Um, well, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to delve too much into
1: my uh, online dating experiences, but a lot of robots... Are they? Yeah, well, yeah, because, I mean, the the people who seem to I seem to match with are too good to be true. And then the first message will be a really generic response, like, hello, how are you today? Yeah, I'm fine, how are you? Hello, how are you today? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine, how about you? Visit this website. All uh, right. Yeah. Now we're getting down to it. Just plugging a dodgy website. Um, We've had a really good week. Craig, by the way, um, just want to say to Craig, thank you very much for all the work you do on the podcast. He... Organises me. He also does all the editing. And he's looking incredibly handsome. We look like a couple of boiled eggs. Yeah. Um, I've I, got a zero. Yeah. I've been bald for a couple of years now. I've embraced it. Craig is now down to a grade 0.5. And I think it really suits him. So if
0: you're at Cineworld and you see two boiled eggs in the cinema, it's most likely us. It's obviously not very representative of the poster that's going up where I had hair. At the beginning of this year, I had <laughs> hair. <laughs> And a very big beard, and you know, seven months later, I yeah, am now bald. Yeah, it's fantastic. Craig has has just gone from you know, big head of hair, big beard, to just less and less hair. It's, it's this podcast. It's stressing yeah, me out, he, man.
1: He, the hairline is receding faster than the French army. These are the jokes, folks. <laughs> um, oh god! <laughs> but no, thank you very much for listening to week fifteen. Please do email us, get in touch. We know there's a lot of you guys listening out there because we have a machine that tells us how many people are downloading the podcast. How are we going to finish the show? What kind of jingle are we going to have? I
0: don't know. We haven't, can't have uh, the free the, the lions anymore. No, can we? we can't. Um, how about some bark? Take it away.